You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Lord, that you fall on us afresh. We ask, Lord, that you do what only you can do in this place tonight and receive all the glory. Lord Jesus, we enthrone you above everything here and we ask, Lord, that you reign in glory, in power, in splendor. I ask that you give me utterance to speak. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good evening, church. How was your day? How was the holiday? So we're excited that the holiday is over. Huh? You need more time. How many more days do you need? I beat unto you according to your word. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So this evening we're going to be looking at a very interesting topic, the Holy Spirit and prayer. Mm-hmm. Somebody will say, I know she's there, there's prayer inside somewhere. It's okay, we'll be alright. Okay, so, now, disclaimer, first of all, I don't know how to preach, but I can try to teach by the help of the Holy Spirit, right? Now, you know, when a teacher is teaching, what happens? They ask questions, thank you, and they give examples, they give illustrations, right? So I only have one request tonight, and that's that you will oblige me. Is that okay? Is that okay? So please, I need another microphone. Because we're going to pass it around. We're going to ask ourselves some questions and we're going to learn from each other tonight. In the meantime, our anchor scripture for tonight. So when I say anchor scripture, it means all that we're going to be discussing tonight are going to be from these two texts. And that's Acts chapter 2 and Romans chapter 8. That's Acts chapter 2 and Romans chapter 8. We might not read them from the beginning till the end. We might make reference to them in the course of the teaching tonight. But I would like to encourage us, please, please, when you get home, Take these two scriptures, Acts chapter 2, Romans chapter 8, and study it at your own convenience. Read it, meditate on it, go through it over and over again. And if you have any questions or if you need any clarifications on any subject, you can walk up to any of the pastors or ministers or myself and we'll be glad to to explain things to you, right? But it's important that we read the scriptures for ourselves. It's good that we come to church and we hear and we are taught. But it's very important that when we go back, after we've been taught, we go back and we read these scriptures by, for ourselves and we learn. Is that okay? Okay, so my first question, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who has, my, who has the microphone, please? The bad thing about this light is that oh, the focus is on me, so I can't even see the faces of the people. I don't even know who to direct the Holy question Spirit at. Is oh, God. yes, thank you. It's God. Ma? Is God. So Holy Spirit is God. Thank yes, you. Yes. Who else? Yes, ma'am. There's someone raising her hand yes, here. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is the third person in Trinity. Beautiful. So who are the other two persons? God and Jesus. Okay, essentially God the Father and God the Son. Thank you very much. Who else? Who is the Holy Spirit? I can't see anybody's face, so I can't even call Spirit is our comforter, like the one. The please, I'd like to see who is answering. Can you stand, please? Oh yes. He's our comforter, the one that was sent went to us. Ascended. Thank you very much. Okay, let's turn our Bibles. John chapter sixteen, from verse seventeen to fourteen. All scriptures that we are going to be reading tonight will be from the Amplified version, AMP, unless I say otherwise, right? So please, multimedia, if you can help me. Uh, amplified version, John chapter 16, verse 7, verse 7 to 14. 
Let's understand a bit more who the Holy Spirit is. I'll read. It says, however, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, it is good and expedient for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. He will not come into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness and right standing with God, because I go to my Father and you will no longer see me. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's stop there for now. So we can see that Jesus was telling his disciples, that was before he left, that it's very important for you that I go away because if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. And there are various ways that Jesus qualified the Holy Spirit. So he called him the comforter, called him the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, and many more. Praise the Lord. Okay. We've seen who the Holy Spirit is. So what is prayer? When we say, I want to pray, or we want to go for prayer meeting, we do prayer meeting here, Abby. Abby? We agree that you will talk now. You will communicate. Okay, so what is prayer? All my prayer people, where are you at? Prayer is conversation with God. Conversations with God. Beautiful. Thank you. You must be an A student. Conversation with God. Simple. Okay, who else wants to tell us? What is prayer? Yes. Ejiro. I, I can see you. I can see you. All right, prayer. Um, I think prayer is how we communicate with God. Okay. And sometimes it's conversations like back and forth. Okay. But other times we're just ranting. So it's just one with traffic. Yeah. Okay. So, that's how, that's so how essentially we've established that in prayer there is communication and there is conversation, right? What's communication again? I talk to you, you talk to me, right? Right? People of God, help me. Thank you. God bless you. Okay, so essentially when we're praying, we're saying that we're communicating with God, right? So we're talking to someone and there is a response. So do you communicate with someone that you're not in a relationship with? Sometimes, what would you say to the person? I'm curious. Yes. <laughs> what did you say? Give me my change. <laughs> The fact that you've entered his car for you to be able to tell him to give you your change. You're already in a relationship. Yes. Yes, some kind of relationship. Accept it or not. That is, that's the truth. Because there are so many other vehicles that you could have entered. So for you to decide to enter that particular car, you've already entered into a relationship. So give me my change. It's just the, the what's it called? Natural order of, order of communication that should flow from that relationship, right? So, sorry, you were saying something. Ejiro took my attention. Okay, so somebody will be in front of you and you tell the person to move forward. But, but ordinarily, you're just saying something to the person and you're not expecting the person to say something back to you, right? Not necessarily. So most times it's like a one-way conversation. 
right? But we've said that prayer, conversations with God, communication with God is what? Two ways. I want to establish something. That's why I'm going this route. Let's turn our Bibles. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 to 18. And all I'm trying to establish is that effective prayer is hinged on a relationship, right? That's all. Effective prayer is hinged on a relationship. In the Bible, when God, um, Jesus was talking, he said, My sheep hear my voice, right? And I hear their voice. Now, there was something that happened to me many, many years ago. You know, I have an elder sister who is married, and she has um, children. So at the time, there were just two of them, the nephew and the niece. The niece is number two, nephew number one. So she just gave birth to number two. And... So she called home and she said she needed someone to babysit on a Saturday. She wanted to go to the market to get some things. And I joyfully offered myself. You know why? Because I would rather stay in her house on a Saturday than stay in my own father's house. I'll tell you the reason quickly. Now, if I stay in my own father's house, my mom wakes up on a Saturday morning. As you are greeting her, her response is chores. So you, clean house, you wash back of pots. It's not this era that uh, there is gas and uh, all those things. Then we used to scrub back of pots. As in, when you scrub it, the evidence will be on your, what's it called? On your fingertips, right? So when my sister said she needed someone, I was excited. Oh, opportunity to run away from house chores and go and watch African magic. Because then I had a thing for African magic. So excitedly, I went to her house. And then she told me that she had finished feeding her baby, Kosi. And Kosi had been sleeping for maybe about an hour. So according to my sister, she gave her so much food that she's not going to wake up till she comes back from the market. And me, I was excited because that means that I'll watch my African magic uninterrupted. You know, no, no distractions from anybody. So sis went to market though. That's how I turned on television. It wasn't up to 30 minutes. The baby started crying. Okay, so she said the mistake I made when he started crying was that. So I was patting her at the back and I was saying, sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know whether it was my voice. Apparently she wasn't used to my voice. So that was what made her continue screaming and screaming and screaming till her mother got back. And immediately her mother got back and said to her, Hosi, I've been hearing your voice from downstairs. This girl zipped up. Not only did she stop crying, she started smiling. Like, if you had walked in at that instance, you would ask, what did Chineye do to you? I was looking at her. Your mommy has not given you food. Your mommy has not given you water. How come you heard her voice and you just zipped your mouth? You know, and so anytime I read that scripture of my sheep hears my voice, and I remember that experience, and I'm like, this is just a classic example. That when a mother speaks, the child hears. So you don't even need to. So when God speaks, as children of God, we should be able to do what? We should be able to hear. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 14 to 18. I want to show us something. Okay, is it on the screen? Thank you very much. It says, stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your lounge, and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God, and having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel 
of peace. Lift up over all the covering shield of the covering shield of saving faith, upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the spirit wields, which is what the word of God. Yes, this is the, 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 the verse of reference. So it says, Pray at all times, on all occasions, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints. That's the saints refers to God's consecrated people. Can you just leave this verse up? Um, for a little bit. So we're talking about prayer. Now, the verses I purposely read from verse 14 to verse 18 so that we would have an understanding of the things that have happened um, before what the scripture talked about before this particular um, verse. You know, when the scripture was talking about helmet of salvation, um, the sword of peace, all of those things. And at the end, the last thing scripture mentions is what? Prayer. As if to say that that is what really gives power. As if to say that that's what really infuses all those other weapons that we've mentioned before. Are we getting the point? So remember, we're still talking about what? Prayer. So here he mentioned mentioned some manner of prayer. So there are various types of prayer. We're going to touch briefly on that before we go forward. So we have um, supplication, we have thanksgiving, we have intercession, and we have petition. So difference basically, intercession and petition. Intercession is you are talking to God on behalf of someone else. Um, I can intercede on behalf of a Jew. Petition is you're talking to God on behalf of yourself. You're entreating God to do something on your behalf. Right? So now we've established who the Holy Spirit is and we've established what prayer is. Are we together? Are we together? Okay, so there are some basics that I want us to agree on before we continue. Because if we can agree on these things, then it will make the later things that we'll discuss easier for everyone. The first one is that man is made up of what? Spirit, soul, and body. Do we agree? So spirit, soul, and body. Now, when you give your life to Christ, what happens? Who can help me? Who has the microphone? I'm sorry, sister. You walk small tonight. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, she's raising her hand. Your spirit is reborn. Okay. What about my body? Ah, I'm fair. I should become dark now when I get born again. Nothing happens. Nothing happens to my body. So I'm still fair, fair as I am. Okay. What about my soul? Nothing happens. Okay. Thank you. Who else? Who else wants to help us? Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. So, like she said, when we give our lives to Christ, the change happens in our spirit man. There's no visible change in your body. So if, we, if you were yellow, you are still yellow. If you are dark, you are still dark. If you are tall like Ejiro, you don't become short all of a sudden. And if you are short, God bless your ministry. You know, things are still the way they are. You know, nothing, there's no visible change. For the body, for the body, yes. Where the transformation happens is where? In the spirit man. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17. It says, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new 
creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has done what has come. So when you become born again, what happens is that it's your spirit man that is renewed. Your body remains the same. Your soul you have to renew continuously. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Uh, I beseech you, brethren, by the blessings of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Verse 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. So as long as you are on this earth, as long as you are planet earth, you have to renew your soul constantly. You have to renew your mind. When we're talking about soul, we're talking about our mind. We're talking about the seat of our emotions. We're talking about our soul. Okay? All right. So, we've agreed on that. So, man is made up of spirit, soul, and body. I want to give a crude illustration. It's not a comparison. It's just an illustration, just to drive home the point. Now, what is this? An egg. What is this one? What did he say? Where did it come from? Don't worry, it can go to you after the service. <laughs> so, what is this one? The shell. So, when I take this shell off, what do I see? What's that white thing called? Albumen. Thank you. We have biology students, yes. Somebody said egg white. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, well. Okay. I declined to answer. I declined to comment. Okay, so when we take off the egg whites, what is the other thing? Thank you. So now, the illustration is a very good illustration. It's not a comparison of any sort, please. Now, I would like to think of our flesh as this part. That's this, uh, the shell, right? I would like to think of our soul as the, the albumen, otherwise referred to as egg whites, right? And then I would like to think of the yolk as what? As spirit man. As I'm holding this egg, can you tell if it's, boiled, if it's cooked? Yeah, that's the word. Do you cook an egg or you boil an egg? Eh? Well, you know what I'm trying to say. So as I'm holding it, can you tell if it's cooked or not? If you hold it in the light. <laughs> okay, I was going to say something, but let me not say it. You know, there are, growing up, there are so many crude ways that we could tell things. I'm talking about scientifically, right? Can you tell if this egg is boiled or not? How can you tell, sir? No, I'm saying there's no bowl of water. You, I'm just showing you. Bishop, this egg, is it cooked or raw? Which one? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Emma Binunovex. I mean, I'm holding it to you and I'm showing you. So, you shake <laughs> All right. The point I'm trying to say is, so when somebody looks at you, when they see the body, right? Usually, you can't really tell, just like we said before, after the person gives their life to Christ, you can't really see like a radical transformation in the body. This egg is the way it is. If I cook this egg and bring it out, this shell will remain like this. True or false? Good. So that's the same way I like to think that our body works. So even when we give our lives to Christ, it still remains, the body still remains the way it is. Again, it is not a comparison. It is just a crude example, right? Now, but the, 
the things inside, the yolk, especially that yellow part. Now, before you boil the egg, and after you have boiled the egg, is there a change? There's a change, right? Good. So, if I break a raw egg open, and I break uh, a cooked egg open, the inside will not be the same, right? Because one has gone through a process. And what is that process? Boiling. So, again, I'm just trying to drive home the point of what happens to us. After we give our lives to Christ, there's a transformation that happens on the inside. Outwardly, you don't see any change. I'm still fair. I'm still using that example because I'm proud to be fair. I'm still fair. The ones that are tall, they are still tall. Nothing changes on the outside, but in the in, on the inside, there is a transformation. Amen. All right. So, the next thing we want to say, so, uh, yeah, so, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. We're talking about basics, right? And we've established the first basis, and that's that man is made up of what? Spirit, soul, and body. And then the next basis is that, I know we may not agree on this, but after we have discussed it, we will agree. Every born-again child of God has the Holy Spirit. But not every child of God is baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Do you agree? Oh, wonderful. Okay, I'll say it again. Every born-again child of God has the Holy Spirit. You make a decision for Christ today. Lord Jesus, I accept you into my life as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. From that moment onwards, you have the Holy Spirit. But not every born-again child of God has been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Do we agree? Okay? Okay. That's the compart. Not every child of God has been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Yeah. Is that one statement or two statements? So are you saying, one, not every child of God has been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Two, not every child of God speaks in tongues because they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or joints like it's one statement. One statement. One statement. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Let's read Romans chapter 8 verse 9. Let's clarify that statement. Romans chapter 8, we'll read verse 9 and we'll also read verse 14. Romans chapter 8, we'll read verse 9, and we'll also read verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, But you are not living the life of the flesh, you are living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, that is, he directs and controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not, excuse me, he does not belong to Christ. He's not truly a child of God. Verse 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Are sons of God. Are we clear? Okay, let's proceed. So what does it then, what does it mean to speak in tongues? You know, it says somebody is speaking in tongues. So what does it mean, essentially? To speak in tongues, uh, okay. So when you are speaking in tongues, you are speaking in another language that is unknown to your natural mind, that is unknown to your human mind, that is unknown to your natural mind. For instance, I'll give you an example. I am an Igbo girl. I grew up in the East. I went to school in Benin. And then 
uh, I stayed in a bit in Wari and then I moved to Lagos. Now, from what I've just said, there are languages that you think I would have, um, what's it called, a little bit understanding of. And that's Igbo, number one. That's um, in Delta States, I was exposed to Shakiri a bit, Shakiri Robo. Benin, I don't know come in Benin. That's the truth. Even though I spent four years plus there. But somehow, maybe I wasn't attracted to the language, I don't know. But then, and then Lagos, the center of Yoruba, whether you like it or not, you would hear it. Someone will say it in your going out or wherever. Right. So if tomorrow I wake up and I start speaking, what language? Hindu or what? What? Dutch. Hmm, that sounds fancy. Dutch. Yeah. If I wake up tomorrow and start speaking Dutch, it's a foreign language to me, right? Because I never learned it. I've not been exposed to it. I didn't... I'm just trying to break down the concept of what happens when we say people are speaking in tongues. So they are speaking in languages that are not known to their human mind. They are not known to their, uh, to their natural mind, right? So after we have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Remember at the beginning I said that our anchor scripture for this um, teaching is Acts chapter 2 and Romans chapter 8, right? Yes. And Acts chapter 2 basically talks about the Pentecost experience. We know what happened in Acts chapter 2, right? In Acts chapter 1, Jesus told them, you receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And in Acts chapter 2, we saw what? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? So, what happens after you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? One, there's this evidence. That's the speaking in tongues that we talked about, right? And there is what? Another thing that happens is utterance. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2, please. Acts chapter 2, you receive utterance, you receive boldness, and you receive clarity. In Acts chapter 2, we could see Peter. Peter that... Uh, Yes, verse 14. In verse 13, they said, Others made a joke of it, and they, recite, they receivedly said, They are simply drunk and full of sweet wine. That was after they had the disciples of Jesus speaking in tongues, that, speaking in languages that were unknown to them, as it were. So they were saying, Ah, these people is like they've gone to take something early in the morning. And then Peter, in verse 14, Bible says, Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, saying, addressed all the plenty people. We know Peter, right? We know his background. Do we? Peter that denied Jesus before who? Before the maid, right? Peter that was not even, he could not even speak for his master before a maid. The same Peter is standing up before thousands of people to declare the gospel. In verse 14, from verse 14, yeah, he says, Peter standing with the eleven raised his voice and addressed them. And then he said, you Jews and all residents of Jerusalem, let this be explained to you so that you would know and understand and listen closely to what I have to say. So if you read down um, Acts chapter 2, you will see the things that Peter began to say and began to speak about. This was the same Peter that could not even say anything initially. So after we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive utterance, we receive boldness, we receive clarity, we receive insights, revelational knowledge, in verse 17, you will see Peter quoting the prophet Joel, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It was the prophet Joel that said this in the Old Testament. So the same Peter who could not talk about Jesus before he made, all of a sudden he started quoting the prophets. 
he started quoting um, David. What's that verse? In the later verses, he started referring to what David had said in Psalms. So he, he received, he started, he, it was like uh, there was a revelational insight. He could now see and understand things and speak about things that he could not speak about before. And then another thing that happens after the baptism of the Holy Spirit is signs and wonders. Let's go to the, the last verse. We'll continue, Acts chapter 2 from verse 42. It says, and they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to instructions and fellowship of the apostles, to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's bread and prayer. And a sense of awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles. This was post, after they had, been, after they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So now we've established who the Holy Spirit is and what prayer is and what happens to us when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what then is praying in the Spirit? You know, when people want to lead prayer in church, they pick up the microphone and then they say, if you have a prayer language, pray. Or if you can pray in the Spirit or if you can pray in other tongues. Shabi, that's how they used to say it. People should help help my ministry. Eh? Help my ministry. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Okay, so what happens when we pray in the Spirit? What happens, what happens to us as Christians when we pray in the Spirit? First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. One thing that happens is that we build up strength and we charge our spirit man. Remember, we say that when we give our lives to Christ, our body remains the same. It is our spirit man that is transformed. And then our soul, we have to renew over time by meditating on the word of God, by prayer, fellowship with the brethren, and all of that, right? So, what happens when we pray in the spirit? So, when you hear people praying in tongues, what are they doing? What is happening to them at that particular point in time? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. Yes, it says he who speaks in, a, in an unknown tongue, a strange tongue, because it's strange to the person that is speaking it, right? So he who speaks in a strange tongue does what? Edifies and improves himself. Edifies is to build up, to edify, to build up, to raise up an edifice, right? So, but he who prophesies, that's interpreting the divine will and purpose and teaching with inspiration, edifies and improves the church and promotes growth in Christian wisdom, holiness, and happiness. So, to pray in tongues or to speak in tongues is one. There is also the gift of interpretation. Do we know that? Yeah, so it is something that we should desire as well. Praise the Lord. Um, I think it was in uni when uh, one of those, I think, foundation class teachings or something. So, uh, a minister came from, he was invited, and he said he had gone to, he had gone to a place to minister. And when he walked in, so he heard, like, like the prayer team was praying, but there was this particular sister. Her voice was just so loud, like a rolly maybe. And then she was just hearing the sisters. Is rolly here? Okay. And so she, he was just hearing the sister's voice, sister's voice. So he said at some point, it was like the language the lady was, seeing, was saying, what she was saying was, 
He never had the gift of interpretation of tongues before, but it was like he was hearing what the lady was saying. And the lady kept mentioning this particular person's name in that language and was saying, this person needs food, this person needs food, this person needs food. So he said he did his, um, he was invited to speak to minister, so he did his ministration. And afterwards, when they were doing the reception, he was like, okay, I want to speak to this particular lady. She's like this, she's like this, and they called her. I'm like, oh, do you know what you were saying when you were praying? She said, no, she was just praying on the Holy Spirit. So she was, he was like, oh, I heard, do you know this particular person? And she said, yes, oh, he's a member of the church, committed, this, that, that. He said, I heard you say that Mr. A, for the purpose of this illustration, Mr. A needs food, Mr. A needs food, and that was what you kept saying. She was like, oh, really? Like, I'll go talk to A, Mr., right now. And eventually they found out that Mr. A didn't have food. So they had to engage the, what's it called, welfare team of the church to get him something, um, like, like a store, a supply or something. And when I heard that story, I was like, oh, so it's actually possible that when we pray in tongues, God gives interpretation to some other person. It might be to you. It might be to some other person. But yes, it is not enough for us to pray in tongues as, as Christians. That's where I'm going to eventually. We should also desire the gift of what? Interpretation. Because the Bible says when we pray in tongues, we are edifying ourselves. We are building up ourselves. We are strengthening ourselves. But when we want the church to be edified, to build up the church, there has to be what? An interpretation. Someone has to say, oh, all these things that Ejiro has been praying since. This is what he has actually been praying about. Praise the Lord. So I'll give another illustration of food. Right? Again, crude illustration. So when we eat, when you want to eat, you sit down and you eat. Shebi? Praise the Lord. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 So when you sit down and you eat, and you continue eating. When you are done eating, do you sit down in that place and cross your leg? Eh? What happens? Help me now, people. What happens? Eh? You pack your plates. Eh, we're going, we're going there, right? So, the, you, essentially, you are going to get up, right? You are not going to sit down there and cross your leg. You are going to get up, carry your plate to the kitchen, and you wash it by yourself, except you have someone else that you've commissioned to be washing plates for you. But you, other than that, you wash it by yourself, you go in, have your bath, take your, what's it called? Take your stuff and get to work. If you're driving, if you're entering bus, if you're starting a relationship with a conductor, whatever it is, just get yourself to your office, right? Yes. So that's, that's, that's just what I want to bring out from there. So when we eat, I would like to li- uh, liken that to studying the word right so when we're eating our food we're studying the word we're eating you're chewing it oh it's sweet you're meditating on it oh this food makes sense you're eating you're eating it after you've done that you don't just study and sit you speak to someone about Jesus you exercise your faith you pray in the Holy Spirit you intercede for someone right now in contrast you don't wake up after doing, for instance, a hundred day fast, for example, you have been fasting for a hundred days. And at the hundredth day, you say, today, I am going to run through Todd Bridge from the beginning of the bridge to the end of it. What do you think will happen? You will faint. It's as clear as that. You're going to faint. So I'm saying we need to take in enough physical food, enough, that's the word, 
so that when we exercise, we are what? We are stronger. What's the doctor's prescription? Eat healthy and exercise healthy, right? Okay, praise the Lord. So if you don't eat, if you don't eat correctly, if you don't eat healthy, there's going to be trouble somewhere. So essentially, we, bo- we need to both meditate on God's word and pray in the spirit so that our spirit man can grow properly and be strong. So I'll just quickly re- read Jude verse 20. Uh, Jude verse 20. So Jude verse 20 says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying under the Holy Ghost. Make, I'll read that again. Build, but you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in what? In the Holy Spirit. So we've established that the first thing that happens to us when we pray in the Holy Spirit is that we, we draw strength, we get strength, we charge up our spirit man, right? We build up ourselves in the Spirit. So the second thing that happens to us is what? Revelation, by, revelation of truth by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 16. I'm purposely giving us a lot of scriptures so that when we go back home, we can go over the scriptures again and, and then read them again and meditate on them and understand what it is that um, we're learning today. Praise the Lord. Before then, in Jewel chapter 2, the Bible talks about, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall do what? Your, your young men shall prophesy. Abi? Yeah, and your old men shall what? Shall dream dreams. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 16. Yes, yes. Okay, so, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his words, his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny praise the lord i'll stop there first corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 first corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 it says for one speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to god for no one understands or catches his meaning but in the holy spirit he utters what secret truths and hidden things not obvious to human understanding so when we are praying remember the holy spirit prays through us romans chapter 8 bible says that we do not know the things that we should pray for as we ought to but the holy spirit does what makes intercessions for us so when we're praying in the spirit it's actually the holy spirit praying through us making intercession for us so at that moment He's praying through us. He's showing us things. That's why at the place of prayer, sometimes you are praying and you see images. Sometimes you are praying, you see a picture of someone. Sometimes you are praying and you see a picture of Joss. Probably because there's something going on in Joss that God wants you to intercede about. Sometimes you are praying, you just see a picture. You just see things. The Holy Spirit is showing, revealing things to you at the place of prayer. Praise the Lord. That's why the prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 to 18 is very 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 important prayer i think abusal mentioned it when he was praying earlier ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17 
For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant to you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of your understanding flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. Praise the Lord. I need a volunteer for a last illustration. Just one person. Volunteer. Thank you. God bless you. I can reward you with my egg. Do you want the egg? No. Okay, climb up. Yes. Thank you. Please, let's appreciate him. I called for a volunteer. He was the first person to show up. Thank you, sir. Okay. So, I want you to face Mr. Sam Tumbi. Can you see Sam there? I can see his hair, even though I can't see him, but yeah, yeah, that's Sam, right. So, I want you to face Sam and keep your eyes focused on Sam. And while you're looking at Sam, I want you to tell me what you think that I'm doing. Can you see me? Can you tell me what I'm doing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't smiling, but it's okay. Don't look at me. Turn at Thank you. Just look at me. Okay, Sam, I want you to do something. Just look at me. Eyes on me, right? I want you to tell me what Sam is doing right now. You have no idea. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. You can go back. Now, what I'm trying to say is that when you are, as humans that we are, when we're praying, we are limited in our knowledge. We are limited in our own human mind. We are limited in our own understanding. So we can only see as far as our human minds, as far as our minds lets us, allows us to see. But when we pray in the Holy Ghost, it's like there's a 360 spin that happens. So even though you're looking this way, you are turning and you are turning and you are turning. That's how you can see a picture of what's happening at just. That's why you, how you can see an image of what will happen in two years' time. That's how you can see a picture of what's happening at home. That's how you can see a picture about a journey that you are about to embark on. Praise the Lord. So it's important that we pray in the Holy Ghost as Christians. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to rise to pray. I think my time is up. Can we rise, please? Praise the Lord. So is there anyone here that has not been baptized in the Holy Spirit? With the evidence of speaking in tongues? Anyone? Okay. Fantastic. So we can all pray. Can you hold the hand of the person standing next to you? Can you hold the hand of the person next to you, standing next to you as we begin to pray? And all we're praying, just go ahead and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're asking God for a fresh outpouring tonight. For a fresh outpouring tonight. For a fresh outpouring tonight. We've learned that when we pray in the Holy Ghost, that we are receiving strength, that we are being strengthened in our inner man, that we are edifying ourselves, we are building ourselves up. So we are asking tonight, Malika, Sunta, Libra, Shata, as we are holding hands together and we are praying in the Holy Ghost, let there be a release of strength in this place tonight. In the name of Jesus, let there be a release of strength in this place tonight. In the name of Jesus, Manta Libra, Duso, Tore, Deregedeboshka. Let there be a fresh outpouring. Let there be a fresh outpouring. Let there be a fresh outpouring. In the name of Jesus, revelations, insights, clarity, understanding. In 
the name of Jesus. Malika libo suntore baroshka. All over this room, can you go ahead and just pray in the Holy Ghost tonight? Maleke sita libra. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.